are Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 11th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is starting to get really, really hype about this team. The scrimmage, a lot of lines looked really good, and a lot of players looked really good. And more fun, too, which makes it even better. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, so make sure you are following us on Twitter to keep up with how the Flyers are doing in training camp and how their lineups look going into the season. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. So in today's episode, we are going to wrap up our conversation with Mary Clark because we have some season predictions. And then, of course, we'll jump into some flyers and NHL news and, of course, the scrimmage that happened Sunday night and wrap up with our nemesis of the week. We are available wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. So make sure you're subscribed so you can hear all about it. So without further ado, let's just jump into our conversation with Mary Clark. Thinking more positively about the team, what do you think the Flyers' biggest advantage is going into this season? I don't think you can overstate how uh, good it is that the Flyers finally have a goaltender they can trust back there and Carter Hart. Um, and having a goaltender you can trust is incredibly important, especially in a shortened season where he could be the difference between wins that get them in the playoffs and losses that keep them out of it. I, I really think that knowing that Carter Hart is a stable goalie, I mean, he's had two seasons, a 30-plus game started, I believe, and he's done really well for himself. I mean, he's had his ups and downs, sure, but overall he's been an incredibly steady goaltender for the Flyers, so there shouldn't be any question anymore as to what he can bring uh, to the table. So for me, that it, it, no longer do we have to worry about the Flyers' goaltending situation as long as he doesn't get injured, not jinxing it. Uh, but I, I really think that that's a huge advantage for them this season is having a goaltender they can trust back there after having, you know, having the problems they've had with goaltender for the last however many years it's been. Like, I think that that's huge. And also, I don't think you can ignore Sean Couturier's impact um, either, especially who won the Selkie Trophy last year. Um, he's an incredibly stable forward to have, and I, his impact is incredible on the ice. Even though it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet, I think he's doing a lot of really important things for this team. So I think those are probably the two biggest biggest advantages I would point out for this team. I definitely agree, and, and I think I would add the fact that it's almost the exact same roster that they ended last season with that they're entering this season with, and they don't have to adjust to a new coach. They don't have to adjust to any new um, deployment or anything like that. They know what AV wants. They know how he wants them to play. And they don't have to kind of, I don't want to say waste a couple of games getting used to that style. They already can just jump into it, which I feel like some of the teams in the division, such as like Washington or not, maybe not Pittsburgh, but a lot of their assistant coaches are new. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to adjust and they really don't have a lot of time as in training camp or a preseason where the Flyers do. And then even with 
like some of the additions some of the teams have like in key roles for like Boston losing some of their defense the Caps mm-hmm. have a whole new defense mm-hmm. um they might they might lose some time trying to adjust and and where the Flyers can maybe take advantage of that so yeah that's a good point too I mean depending on how you feel about some of the Flyers coaching staff sure but <laughs> but yeah I think that that's a huge thing and the fact that they didn't make any moves I mean like I said the the major moves that they had were departures and we'll see how the players fill those roles as you know training camp goes along but you're right that that's a huge advantage because they're in the system already they know what's being expected of them they're familiar with the coaches systems and all that stuff so that is a, also a huge advantage too for sure Okay, so you you touched on the divisions or the the new East Division um, earlier, but how do you feel about the division realignments and how do you think it will affect the Flyers? Um, I mean, it, it kind of had to be done the way it, it's been done with the way the pandemic's unfolded. I mean, I don't think we're going to get the teams back in a bubble again for the season. I mean, that's probably the better option. I mean, it is the better option for sure, but like th- they weren't going to go along with it, unfortunately. So it kind of it had to have been done. Um, so I don't have a problem with that, with that, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. Um, especially because, you know, they've gotten out the Bruins in there alongside the Penguins and the Capitals, but I do think all the top teams have weaknesses. I mean, the Flyers are going to face, you know, the Devils and Sabres and while they're not automatically wins, they're not as good teams. They're in the lower half of the division for sure. But like the Bruins and the Penguins and the Capitals, to me, they all have weaknesses. So it's a very competitive division. Um, I mean, We're very used to fighting it out with the Penguins and the Capitals for the Metro. Bruins, like you said, their defense is a little bit, um, it's weaker this year for sure with the losses they've sustained. So, I mean, they've got some really good offensive lines, but they don't, it's, you know, I mean, they're very top heavy and then they lost a good chunk of their defense. So I'll be interested to see how like the Flyers match up against them this year. But like, you know, it's, I think that the top teams have weaknesses and it's going to be a competitive division. It does suck though, to have to play the Islanders a bunch this year, especially after that uh, playoff series. But I would like to think that the, the Flyers learned their lessons from last year's uh, playoff and we'll be able to match up against them a bit better. That is a question we've been asking ourselves a lot here (laughs) in terms of the Islanders. Like, did they learn their lesson or are we just doomed to repeat it? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. I mean, it's really going to depend. I mean, I, a Barry Trotz team is a very, very difficult team to face. And we'll see if the Flyers have figured out how to better match up against them because they're going to have to play them a lot this year. And I mean, every game counts, but every game counts a lot more in a in a shortened season. So, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the Bruins as well, and I feel like the Flyers match up really well against them. And so, while I think overall the Bruins are a very good team and should be pretty dominant in the division, I think the Flyers have a real shot to get some points out of them. Mm-hmm. I believe they played them well last year, too. If they I, did. If I remember correctly. I mean, my sense of time has been all screwed up because of the pandemic, but I believe they played them well last year, right? Yeah, they did. And that we got that iconic moment of... Oh, yeah, um, with the, the, the shootout. <laughs> that, the shootout yeah. that was, oh, what, a good, what a good moment. So, I mean, I feel like we've covered this a little bit, but is there anybody that we haven't talked about that you feel like will give the Flyers the biggest problems? Um, I mean... We talked about the Islanders. 
And I mean, I did say that the Devils and Sabres are the, probably going to be the two bottom teams in the division alongside probably the Rangers too, mate, perhaps. We'll see with, you know, all their other big picks and if they can, you know, put it together. But like, I mean, I don't think that they, the Flyers should overlook teams like the Devils and the Sabres. I mean, they're like trap games. You can fall into them and, you know give a give a win to another team who may not necessarily be fighting for the top of the division in a playoff spot. Uh, but I really think it's probably the Islanders this year. But the, the the Penguins are also probably the Flyers' biggest rival. I think that they're the team I dislike the most probably in the NHL because the Flyers are my favorite team. But uh, I don't think you can overlook them too. But if I had to give it to one team, it's, it's the Islanders because they, they exposed a lot of the problems the Flyers had last year. And I think that it's going to be a huge test to see if the Flyers have learned lessons or if they can game plan a bit better to figure out their system. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree. I hate giving the Islanders any credit. but I mean, it's I, the Barry Trot system. It's the Barry Trot system. I mean, they've got good, good players. Don't get me wrong. But it is definitely a good portion of that is because of the Barry Trot system and the way yeah. that they're set up defensively. And it's, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good coach for a reason. It sucks that he's in the same division as the Flyers, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, let's get into some predictions. So, who on the Flyers do you think will score the most goals? Uh, Kevin Hayes. I think he's going to – he was a big part of the Flyers' production last year. I think he's going to continue to – not break out, but I think he's going to continue to do well for the team. And I really think that he's going to have a good year this year. Okay, what about – uh, the most points on the team? Uh, probably going to go with Couturier. I think he's going to be a major impact player for the team this year. All right. Who are you giving breakout player? I want to give it to I want to give it to Morgan Frost. I really hope Morgan Frost cracks oh. the lineup. I want him in the lineup. Where will he fit? I don't know, but I want him in there. I want him to be. <laughs> I want him to be in there. It's time. Oh, Mary just made my night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's time. I want to see him. Me too. Okay. All right. And so uh, rounding it out, where do you think the team will fall in the division? I think that they're going to be, I'm going to put them at second. I think the Bruins are going to be in the top of the division because I think they're going to be able to farm the lower teams a bit better than the Flyers could and maybe be a bit more competitive against teams like the Islanders or the Penguins and the Flyers might be able to this year. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think they're, I I think they're going to be better than the Penguins this year. I think they're going to be second behind the Bruins. Cause like, I, I'm going to write about it sometime before the season starts, but I don't think the Penguins are, I'm not as high on the Penguins are as everybody else's because they're putting a lot of faith in a goaltender who's had one really good year and then one meh year. And they don't really have a lot of backups. And if, you know, goaltend, if, you know, Tristan Jari doesn't perform up to the way they need him to, I think that their team is going to, it's not going to go well, I don't think. But you can't count out Sidney Crosby, but I, I don't know. We've been saying that for years and look at <laughs> in the last year's playoffs. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to see the decline for Pittsburgh, but I could be wrong. And now that this is evidence out there, somebody's going to take it and... <laughs> throw it back at me in a couple of months if I'm wrong but I think that they're going to be in the top two I think that they've got the depth to be able to ride out this season Rachel I'm so excited the NHL season is literally on Wednesday and it's time to decide what bets 
everyone is thinking of making before the puck drops. And the perfect place to go is our friends at Bet Online. The NFL playoffs are underway, plus the NBA season is getting going. So there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Right now, they have the Flyers at 3-1 to to win the East Division. Check out all the other NHL bets they have, including individual player awards. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts. All right, Rachel. So I thought we could just touch on a few quick things before we get into Sunday's scrimmage. First, uh, some news that's like, I guess that deals with like the Eastern Division. Corey Crawford uh, decided to retire after 10 NHL seasons. Um, he I was surprised to find out that he signed with the Devils. Oh, yeah. In the offseason. So, yeah, he will not be playing with them. And, yeah, it seemed like it was a personal reason. So I hope everything's okay with him. I actually really liked Corey Crawford, even though he was a Blackhawk. Yeah, I think he was one of the rare Blackhawks that I did not (laughs) despise. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, I know he had had some concussion problems as well over the course of his career. And, you know, maybe he just decided that being away from his family, who was going to stay in the Chicago area, from what I understand, you know, when there was some additional risk involved, wasn't what he wanted to do. I mean, that's what I'm thinking happened there but you know what a great career Uh, just absolute all-star so hanging it up like this is not a bad way to go out yeah so uh I guess Mackenzie Blackwood is uh, the starting goalie for the Devils now Mm. (laughs) we'll see how that goes Um, Okay, and so two other things. Uh, I wanted to talk about some of A.V.'s quotes, and he pointed out two specific people on Friday. And um, one, which surprised me, was Voracek. And A.V. was quoted to say, last season was a good one for Voracek. Took him a month to find his stride, but when he took off in November, so did our team. Conditioning-wise, we don't usually do – we didn't – we couldn't do the usual tests. He looks all right in – AV's opinion. Um, in the bubble, he said that he played well versus Montreal, but not well versus the Islanders. And he specifically challenged Voracek on that. He said that Jake has only won two playoff series in his career so far. And we're not in this to win one round. We need him to challenge himself to help us go farther. He's a very important player to us, but he has to earn it. Has young guys pushing him. So what did you think about this quote? You know, I think that's part of AV's style, right, is to kind of push his players in the right direction. And one of the things we talked about last season a lot over the course of it was just how much we appreciated 
Elian Vigneault for his mm-hmm. honesty and his like really clear communication. So if he's saying that, you know, Jake has to come out of the gate hot and sustain it, like that's what he means. And I, I think it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I agree with you there. I was surprised that he called out Jake just because, you know, going into the season, Jake definitely wouldn't have been on my top three that needs to um, take a step forward. But, like, after listening to the full quote and just thinking about it, I definitely like that he's challenging Jake, and I agree with him. Um, a little bit like like a slap in the face to just talk about how Jake's only won two playoff rounds, which absolutely sucks. But but he's right. I mean, he's he's not wrong. It, it's true. Yep, exactly. So um, another thing that we talked about was Zamula and the fact that you know the last time I think we talked about practice, Zamula was on the third pair with uh, Justin Braun. Av definitely cooled the Jets. On yeah. Zamula maybe making the, making the team out of camp. He said uh, Zamula may not be physically ready yet for this comp- level of competition, but he's added a bit of weight and strength. The organization believes that he'll become a flyer at some point and getting a chance to play with different players right now. Uh, Zamula. Um, specifically had a two day look in the NHL group and training camp, um, but Av pretty much said like you know hey let's let's cool it which I think is very realistic uh even like the fact that he was with the NHL group um two times in a row I I kind of maybe thought wow could we see him make the jump but after seeing him play he definitely needs some time in the AHL Oh, for sure. And, you know, we'll talk about the scrimmage, but I think that was made abundantly clear over the course of the scrimmage (laughs) that, you know, he looked okay, but he definitely got burned a couple of times. And it was just clear that he was like outsized and just lacked the experience to be an NHLer right out of the gate. But he absolutely, like A.V. says, has that potential. He has that drive and we know he has the skill. So I have no doubt that he'll make it someday. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. So let's jump into the um, into the scrimmage. Uh, before they started, lineups were on the orange team. It was Limblom, Couturier, Konechny, Drew, Hayes, Faraby, and Moran, Andrioff, Turinsky. On the defense, it was Provorov with uh, Justin Braun, Zamola and Friedman, and Bigros and Pouliot. For the white uh, it was JVR, Patrick Voracek, Lawton, uh, Raffle, Lawton, and NAK, and then Bunneman, Frost, and Sandine. On defense, it was Sandheim and Myers, Haig, Gustafson, and Watherspoon and Prosser. So just off the bat, just focusing on lines, uh, who, what lines stuck out to you? What pairings were you interested in? Well, obviously, what they did was put, I think, the top two lines on Team Orange and the, you know, third and fourth line on Team White just to split it that way in terms of what we've been seeing in training camp. So, you know, as far as the Orange team goes, obviously that Hayes line with Giroux and Farabee looked amazing, especially right at the beginning. Hayes with two goals. And I think that they just worked really well together, especially like Farabee. Uh, just had some, they had some really good passing going there. 
I really liked the Limblom Couturier Konechny line, line. I'm so happy that AV is really giving it some time to, you know, maybe formulate that um, that chemistry that they had before. Um, and I thought that the JVR Patrick Voracek line looked a lot better than I thought it was going to. I was surprised how much I really did like the Giroux Hayes Farabee line, just like from the start and even continuing throughout the scrimmage. Yeah, I I agree with you about that Nolan Patrick JVR Voracek line as well. And man, Nolan Patrick, I know he's been like this question mark for so long, but to actually see him out there playing actual hockey in, you know, as close to a real game setting as we're going to get, he just looks so with it. He he just has like, like he's never taken that time off in terms of knowing where he's got to be. I think his skating looks a lot better. He's a lot faster. He's just stronger on the puck. I just think, you know, he took the time that he wasn't playing and did the other developmental work. So I'm just really excited to see him play. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, you look at this team and they went they they went pretty far last season and that was without Oscar Lindblom and that was without Nolan Patrick and now to think about them coming back this season with those two guys it, there's a lot to like there really is and you know we talk about the flyers being quiet during the off season and not making any big splashes in terms of signings. And we just have to keep reminding ourselves that we got like essentially two players in the off season and getting Oscar Limblom back and getting Nolan Patrick back. So, you know, I, I think that there's real good reason for some hope here. So Rachel, you know, after looking at this scrimmage, it's clear that, a lot of flyers over this offseason took the time, did the work, and uh, came back into camp in tip-top shape. And, you know, that's a goal of mine in 2021. So what I've turned to is Built Bar. Built Bar is a soft protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, and they have tons of different flavors, so honestly, you never get sick of anything you're eating. Right now, they have six amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and creams, uh, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. But I have to give, I've, I'm on a lemon almond cheesecake kick right now, and they're absolutely delicious. Yeah, that lemon almond cheesecake is so good. But the best part, like you were saying, is that they're so good for you. They're great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while you're having that delicious treat. And I can't believe their amazing combination of tasting good, but also being low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And, you know, if you're on a specific diet plan, even keto, this will fit right in. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This week on Locked On NHL Podcast, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampado and the Locked On NHL Season Preview Series. They're previewing all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues, courtesy of Locked On Fantasy host Scott Cullen. So subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, Rachel, let's jump right back into the scrimmage. One of the biggest surprises for me, well, I guess it wasn't too much of a surprise because he actually wasn't at practice, was that there was no ghost in the scrimmage. That, to me, I guess, threw off, threw me off because I, I didn't really, I was surprised they put Proveroff, Proveroff and Braun together and the fact that they kept Sandheim and Myers together. So the defense was just... Was a was a lot more uh, surprising than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I would really like to know what's going on with Ghost more than unavailable to play. I mean, I know this is what the protocol is, so but it's just really frustrating to not have a clear picture of what's going on there because he had been having a really good camp up until he wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little worried, but, you know, we'll we'll see what the team has to say today and tomorrow before the, the season kicks off. As for the scrimmage pairings that they did go with, you know, it's it's hard to say what they were thinking there just because with an intra-squad scrimmage, you have to sort of have a, a lead pairing on both teams. And I think they just kind of were like, well, Braun is the guy that played the most games last year. So let's just stick him with Provy and Sanheim Myers is a proven pair. And that's just what they had to do in order to make the scrimmage work. That it's not necessarily what they would have done in a real game situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair to say. And the fact that uh, Ghost wasn't available, so you really couldn't have that Proveroff Ghost top pairing that we were seeing in in some practices. Yeah, I think it was very clear that there was like NHL level pairing, and then <laughs> NA like AHL with a borderline if we have to, like NHL level pairing underneath it, and then a definite AHL level pairing underneath that yeah. for each team. Although, hey, Gustafson, yeah. I guess, is they wanted to put two NHLers together, right? Well, that's 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 a, that's nice of you to say. I, I definitely thought like, oh, okay, AHL, <laughs> NHL, because <laughs> like, Gustafson is NHL and Hague is AHL. But that could just be my pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out soon, right? Yeah, yeah. And I need to keep quiet because I... <laughs> like hey, he could be in the lineup for all seasons so did you have any like really surprising moments did anyone stand out to you so much like did you have any um any key moments you wanted to talk about at this in the scrimmage listen my boy max willman looked good out there and, and made some really good plays so i was excited about that i think he's definitely an ahl player but you know, in terms of him having a chance to just be 100% phantoms moving forward, I think that's great. I think that uh, the goaltending was interesting. You know, Hart maybe seemed a little shaky at the very outset, but then kind of locked it down and was solid the whole time. I thought the shootout was hilarious. <laughs> I believe there were 18 stops before Michael Roffel scored. <laughs> So that was kind of fun. Yeah, I think during the the scrimmage, um, I definitely liked that uh, Willman set up for Nolan Patrick, who got on the board. I also thought that 
after the second period, Team White just looked on another level. Like, I felt like Orange in the first period, definitely, uh, they won that period. But White won the next two. And I think you could see that in the end goal. It was 4-2 to two by the end of that scrimmage. But I just thought White looked really, really good together. And, I mean, we talked about it before, but we have to bring it up again. The Raffle Lawton, NAK line looked really good. NAK, who he himself scored, that line looked so good. And the fact that White looked really good and... And like you said earlier, that that was kind of the bottom six part of the roster going against the top six of the roster. And the fact that White came out on top just just makes me so excited because that's just depth scoring. It is. I mean, if that's an NHL team's fourth line and they have really solid scoring potential, I mean, that's dangerous. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have to bring up Morgan Frost. I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked stronger on the puck. Um, I don't know. Like, it's tough, right? Because we just talked about how the bottom six uh, lines look good. Like, Patrick, JVR, Voracek looked good together. Raffle, Lawton, NAK looked great together. Um, And the top six, I thought, looked really good. So it's like, where do you see Morgan Frost Um, fitting in but in this scrimmage he played center and wing and I thought he looked good during both times it's just I don't even know if there's going to be a spot for this kid which is it's a good problem to have but man uh, I wanted him to to find a way on this on this team and I, I don't know if that's there if that's a possibility as of right now yeah, I don't know either, but I think overall the people that need to make an extra special showing in this scrimmage did so. So it's going to be tough, I think, for the coaching staff to make those decisions. Yeah, I do not envy them. So wrapping up, let's get into our nemesis of the week. And if you don't know what our nemesis of the week is, each Monday we identify who or what in hockey is our nemesis for the Flyers for this upcoming week. Last week it was not being able to go to training camp, which I feel a little bit mollified by the fact that they did stream Sunday's scrimmage, even though a lot of people had a hard time watching the game. (laughs) Because it was only on NBC Philly, even uh, Ryan Giroux, the captain's wife, of course, had to like tweet out, can someone send me a link to the game? And I'm just like, you specifically should be able to turn on NBC Philly, Sports Philly. But yeah, a lot of people had issues. I know. I really wish they would. uh, I mean, it was a scrimmage, an intra-squad scrimmage. That thing should have been free. Yeah, that's... That was really annoying. Um, so for this week, I I think it's pretty clear we play the Penguins twice. So they're definitely our nemesis of the week. But also just in case um, there was a the Penguins canceled practice on their and their scrimmage scheduled for sa- Saturday um, for a potential exposure to COVID-19. And so they ended up having a scrimmage on and a practice on Sunday. The coach came out, said, like, you know, he really doesn't want anyone to speculate that anyone has COVID. Um, Once the season starts, they will differentiate who has COVID and who has not. But they just canceled Saturday's practice just to be safe. So another potential 
nemesis could be the fact that if Wednesday's game gets postponed because the Flyers and Penguins game is the first hockey game of the 2021 season. So I really like the idea of hockey starting with the Flyers. Yeah, keeping our fingers crossed that everything's okay in Pittsburgh, but not too okay that they win the game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And our Flyers fun thing, I saw this on Twitter um, by... um, Pat makes art. He's a Flyers fan and he tweeted out, this dude is killing it. And it's such good graphic art of Kevin Hayes. It truly looks like him. It's so good. And this is such a fun, like artistic style that I haven't seen before that I really, really liked it. So shout out to him. Super talented. Um, We'll put that in the show notes if you haven't seen it yourself. And of course, retweet it on the, um, the Twitter page. So with that, we have to thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your questions. We have weekly mailbags. You can reach us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.